Ladies and gentlemen, make way for your four hosts. There's Ross, a man so passionate that he could turn any airline feud into a full-blown Kardashian drama. Then there's Christos, the only one of our four hosts who actually knows anything about flying a plane. Then there's Tom, a man so loud that he can still be heard over the roar of a GE90 engine. And finally, the man with the news, and the only one who talks any sense, there's Nick. This is the Radio Runway Podcast. Hello, hello everyone. It is Tom here. We're live in the studio. We got myself, we got Ross over here, we got Nick, and we've got Christos. And we are out here to tear it up this evening. And uh, boys, I've got to say, the reception that we got from episode one was absolutely incredible. And um, I've got to say, I'm impressed. How are we feeling tonight, boys? How are we feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good, good feeling good. Back. I'm still in awe of that intro. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, we really pulled off an good. absolute like belter with that. Yeah, Tom, shout out to you, mate. That was <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Mate, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I wish, sometimes I wish my voice was that deep. Um, okay, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I really start a feud with any airline? Like, well, we'll see, huh? Well, especially yeah. after oh, tonight. Am I right? Actually, no, more with them. Uh, you'll see. Okay, um, so boys, just before we get started, a couple of housekeeping things. Last week, I noted on the podcast that we have a particular soundbite of a particular aviation YouTuber. Let me remind you all at home listening what the soundbite was. I have uh, beef chicken. Now, I asked you all, who is this YouTuber? I have uh, beef chicken. Now, the answer is the king, the emperor of aviation YouTube. Mr. Sam Chewy. I have uh, beef chicken. It's from his video on the Air France Operations Centre where he flew Air France and he was sampling the menu and he decided he wanted the beef cheek. But, oh my goodness, that sounds brilliant. I have uh, beef chicken. And we also had a Q&A that we threw out to our Instagram followers. Thank you to everyone who participated in that. As a first episode questionnaire, uh, obviously we weren't expecting too much, but we do have a few little uh, tidbits that we've been asked by our listeners. So, uh, Nick, I will hand over to you, my friend. Thank you very much, Tom. We actually have two questions this week, and they come from Emily and Lockie. Big thank you to you guys, and for anyone else that wants to ask us anything, Aviation related, of course. Hit us up on our Instagram at Radio Runway Pod. Now, without further ado, let's get into the first question from Lockie. And he asks us, What is the best airport we've been to and why? Now, Ross, why don't you start us off with an answer? You've been to some many interesting airports. Oh, I've got to tell you, Avalon's pretty extreme. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. A Singapore Changi Airport is amazing. Just oh, the jewels that they have wow. there. It's definitely an airport you Great have to airport. visit in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, this is probably not good for entertainment, but I'm going to have to say Singapore Changi as well is the best airport that I've wow, been two to. For two. Can yeah. I just say for the record, Nick, you have been to Dubai, you have been to many interesting airports. You have to say the same thing as me. You have been a fair bit around, Nick. But True. Changi Airport, though. Just, I mean, where in the change, world? Change it up for the podcast. Come on, just... I mean, Say no, anything. he's got a point. That okay. waterfall How in about the airport first is and amazing. second. First, Changi, your second, for point of difference, would be? It'd probably be Dubai, yeah. yeah I like, fair, I like Hong Kong. I like Hong Kong Hong International Kong. Airport. Okay. The yeah. hub of all A380s, I must say. <laughs> Dubai, not Hong, Hong Kong, Kong, by the way. Yeah, Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hong Kong's the hub of cargo 747s behind or Anchorage. Of oh, Anchorage. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, oh mate, yeah. that was close. Okay. 
Christos, what are you, what are you saying? Oh, I would have to say, I know it's a little bit cliche, but Hamilton Island, the approach is really fun and you're definitely going to have a hard landing. Yeah, and to be honest, like I like the, the way the runway is positioned to Hamilton Island. It's nice. It's good. Well, no matter when you go or which airline you go with, the landing's always going to be hard. It's not about doing a good landing there. It's but just about surviving. Yeah, it's about getting the plane <laughs> down on the ground as quickly and as safely as possible. Fair, fair. That's technical. Very it nice. Is. I like it. Yeah, it's a technical I think analysis. Ryanair have that covered at any airport. <laughs> They'll be the professional <laughs> Speaking of which, if we're talking Ryanair. They call me beloved, caring, sensitive, shy and retiring. I don't think Michael O'Leary's ever been called any of those things, but that's what he believes. I'll call him that. Yeah. I'll call him that. Beloved? Yes. Retiring? Yep. Sensitive? Caring? I'll call them all then. Okay, <laughs> fair. All right, Tom, what's your best, oh, airport, yeah. you've best airport you've been to? Jeez. Um, you know what? I, in hindsight, I really should have thought about this beforehand. But no, okay, best airport, honestly, I've been to. What's the metrics we're talking about here? Just overall, every category. Just any together. airport, Tom. Just any airport, Tom. I mean, look, while I loved Changi, I've only had one very bad experience there. Oh, I'm sure I'll share it at some point later in a few diff- few episodes' time or something like that. So for that reason, I'm going to say my favourite airport that I've been to is Charles de Gaulle. Paris. Paris. I like we oui. the I like <laughs> the satellite the the sort of like satellite terminal function like the way it's set up. It's really nice. The idea that like. This sort of these circular pods where the the aircraft pull up to the gate is pretty cool, and they've obviously got a fair few underpasses where similar to Changi, where aircraft go overhead. I like it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'd say. So yes, well done, Tom. That's a very good answer. Now for thank question. you. I feel like you just like my you're my teacher. Well done, Tom. It's a very well good answer. Well done, Tom. Do you want a sticker? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Gold so, star. Please. We do have stickers, by the way. We do have yes. radio runway stickers, stickers. that That's came right. in today. So um, keep looking at the. Can we just uh, not overhype the sick stickers because Tom messed up the size. Um, no, I they will. still look great. Okay, so yes, sorry. We have another question. We do have another question. It comes from Emily, and she asks us, "What is the best aircraft we have been on, oh, and why?" <laughs> I'll start off with proceedings. I will say. The best aircraft I have been on is an Airbus A380. It is simply the most comfortable aircraft I have ever been on. And if you're flying long haul, whether you're flying to America, whether you're flying to Europe, I strongly encourage you, book yourself onto an A380. And a bit of a staunch, it is the biggest in the world. Even if you're not an Afghan, it will change your perspective. It will. It will. All right. Who's up next? Ross? I agree. It is staunch. Well... I like this aircraft because it's not going to be around for much longer and it'll be... It's the A350, isn't it? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> been on it yet. <laughs> yeah, not much longer at all on that one, tell you what. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I was going to say, and the reason I love this aircraft is because I got to go on it like three times within two days. The 717, I was fortunate wow. enough to fly... Um, to Hawaii, and we did the island hopper um, uh, flights between all the islands on there. Hawaiian? On On Hawaiian, oh, on the seven Hawaiian. ones. So mm. imagine um, a 15-minute flight on a 717 oh. between three islands. Like the in-flight, the, probably the funniest part was the in-flight service. They gave us all juice boxes. So they give it to me. I'm about to put the straw in it. I take my first sip. Then the flight attendant comes back and says, I need that for rubbish. We're landing now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute rock of an aircraft as well. Very cool. Yeah. Can I just say, I can imagine the camera manager. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin our in-flight meal service. 
And ladies and gentlemen, we have now wrapped up our in-flight That's, exa- that's, that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> and I think that it really annoyed my family that I deliberately chose to sit right at the back of the plane <laughs> for that. I love that. Oh, uh, too good. And Christos, I think I'm going to predict I've got the same answer as you, but go. All right. Well, for me, I have to say it was the 747. Absolute queen of the skies. Very hard to debate, I think, for anyone. But yeah, marvelous aircraft, really quick, and was really sad to see it go. Yeah, you yeah. went on the you went on one of the last flights, didn't you? For yeah, the second last domestic flight from Sydney to Melbourne. I flew to Sydney just for two hours just to catch it back. Yeah, and it yeah. was an absolute amazing mm. flight. Pretty much everyone on board got up and just started walking around. And for whoever was just catching a normal flight, was wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to note on that one. If you're a German or a Korean listener. It's probably not sad to see it go because it's still operating uh, yeah, for you guys. Absolutely. But in Australia, we sadly have had to part ways with it. And and I was my prediction was right, Christos. That's that's my favourite as well. The seven four seven four hundred. I was lucky enough to go on United seven four seven four hundred fifth freedom flight from Melbourne to Auckland. Melbourne to Auckland pre merger as well okay. with the old grey sort of. Dark blue livery. It was phantasmal. My brother locked himself in the lavatories for two hours <laughs> on board the flight. And it's only a three and a half hour flight. So oh, jeez. Yeah. Now, we were kids at the time, but yeah, it was lovely. So, yeah, there you go. Old enough for you to remember. I love it. It was actually so. a, a 747 flight on Air Pacific many years ago that actually got me into aviation in the first place. That's really? where I started loving it. Yeah. I didn't become an avgeek until recently, but a 747 flight from Melbourne to Nandy was the flight that really got me into aviation. Did you, nice. did you use the lavatories on board that flight? That's I was young is. at the time. I probably just did it in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yes, I did. It's a very specific question. Chewing to go to the toilet, charge them. <laughs> that's what we. That's what we know. Our friend at Ryanair thinks about um, beloved trees on board an aircraft. He's beloved, isn't he? He and is famed. Tiger right? would have done the he's, same thing, probably. Yeah, well, that's right. He's famed for saying that he would rip out seats and just have bus poles, right? Yeah, he I mean, wanted can you like imagine just standing at the back of the aircraft, just like <laughs> during departure. <laughs> ah. Oh yeah, yeah, true. If it was a rough departure, and you'll just yeah, be like riding a bull, mate. That would be a huge weight shift all at once. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyhow, that's the end of the Q&A for this week. Great questions. Thank you, guys. Yes, big thank you to you guys once again. And now it is time to get into the news. First section of the news I want to talk about is the situation at Cathay Pacific. Now, anyone that knows me knows I absolutely love Cathay. So for the month of January, Cathay carried more than 1 million passengers. This is the first time this has happened since the beginning of the pandemic. So huge milestone. The passenger load factor increased by 46.4 percentage points to 86.8%, while capacity in terms of ASKs increased by 1,717% year on year. That's absolutely huge figures. Now, compared to December 2022, Cathay carried on average an extra 7,000 passengers a day while continuing to reinstate more destinations on the network, such as Phuket and Xi'an. Now, according to Chief Customer and Commercial Officer Lavinia Lau, the high demand was a result of the return of quarantine-free travel between Hong Kong and the Chinese mainland. In addition to this, the leisure travel over the Lunar New Year holiday was very strong, with Japan, Bangkok and Singapore being the most popular destinations out of Hong Kong. Can I just say, yes, it is very good to see this airline on the up and up again. I mean, there was a time in COVID where we thought genuinely they wouldn't be around, right? I think a lot of a, people There was a thought, big question mark over them at the time. I yeah. mean, their freight business really kept them alive. But 
yeah, a lot of people sort of had doubts about this airline simply because of the fact that it had to adhere to very, very strict COVID regulations. We all know China and their COVID zero policy, and that's just starting to ease up now. So that has allowed Cathay Pacific to bring back capacity to the world. They're growing big time in Asia. Um, in terms of their freight, this month they carried, well, in January, sorry, they carried 95,139 tons of cargo. Um, those figures, though, were actually down on the month on month. Now, it is theorized that the drop-off was a result of the Lunar New Year holidays, where overall demand softened and factories closed for the holidays. That's right. Can I mention on that? Um, yeah. I used to work, um, as I mentioned last episode, airside for a cargo company, a third-party cargo company, um, and we actually handled Cathay Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, yeah, during the Lunar New Year, every year, we had a huge shift, a downward shift in uh, cargo coming in from Cathay because a lot of their workers will go off on holidays, see their families, stuff like that. So they don't have the normal manpower that they would have mm-hmm. to uplift the amount of freight that they that they were lifting. And, and that is like including the years prior to COVID where, you know, for instance, in 2019, where they were the fourth largest mover of air freight in the world. In the world in 2019. Well, is that including the dedicated? Yeah, yeah, including. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and even during that point, that still during the Lunar New Year, if it's transiting through Hong Kong, I mean, they probably, I'm sure they had avenues to avoid that. Maybe they transited through other destinations where there are less people celebrating Lunar New Year. That's probably a way to avoid the down the downshift in employees during that period. But yeah, yeah, it's a global thing for them. Very interesting, very interesting. You know what, though? I am going to say this. Overall, the January traffic figures show great promise for the return of Cathay Pacific to us guys. And hopefully they are able to continue on this trajectory to growth back to pre-pandemic levels. Now, being based in the Greater Bay Area, a region with a proven reputation for economic growth, I believe that Cathay Pacific really just do have the potential to once again enable the city's development while utilising the geographic location of Hong Kong as a special administrative region to connect passengers between the Chinese mainland and the world because that's where it really thrives. Dumb question. Does Cathay Pacific have like a budget airline under them or are they the sole operating airline? Cathay Dragon, is that... Is it Cathay Dragon? No, Cathay Dragon Dragon was the regional airline. So now Cathay Dragon's gone. They've done the same as Singapore Airlines. They've axed Cathay Dragon. Singapore Airlines had silk hair. That's been... That's right. Cathay Mm. Cathay Pacific have a... Sorry, not a regional. A budget airline called HK Express. And is that oh, also they do? Is that the reason also for the flights increasing and all the numbers going up as well? Is that airline playing a part in it, or is it purely just Cathay? I think we're just talking about Cathay Pacific, the airline. Okay. There was no mention of the group, as I'm going to mention with the next part of the news. So, as the main carrier, they've done great then, which is good to see. Yeah, the main carrier's done great, but I imagine HK Express has done well as well. We could yeah. be we could be sitting here this time in six months' time, and it could be an even greater story for Cathay. Yeah. I'm expecting it will be. That's well, my prediction. Well, one million passengers they carried. Well, just over one million passengers they carried in January, which is good. That's still like, but it's one third of what they did pre-COVID. Yeah. So they've still got room yeah, for growth, and hopefully, maybe in. Maybe in June, July, whatever, we're going to see that number. European summer. Exactly. Maybe we're going to see that boost up to about 2 million. That's right. Who knows? Right. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, though. All the best Wait for Cathay Pacific. Now, 
Yes. Secondly, in the news, I want to talk about the several announcements we heard from Qantas yesterday. The key headline being the airline returning to profit in the first half of the current financial year. Qantas announced record half-year profits of 1.43 billion Australian dollars (EBITDA). Statutory profit after tax works out to be one billion dollars. While according to the airline, the key drivers of this result was off the back of strong travel demand in the corporate and leisure markets, high yields, and cost improvements from the group's $1 billion recovery program that is said to be completed soon. They've also made significant inroads to reducing their overall debt. The current debt stands at about $2.4 billion. However, they did bottom out about $6.4 billion during the peak of the pandemic in February 2021. Would you refund the government that money? Of course you won't. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is the very famous Alan Joyce. Welcome back, Alan. CEO of Qantas. That was his press conference that he made yesterday. And well done, Tom. Another Good week. Another soundbite from Alan Joyce. Thank you, Alan. Please keep paying our bills, my friend. Keep paying our bills on this podcast because let me tell you, those soundbites are brilliant. Have we made any money from this podcast? Yeah. That's a no. Damn, okay. No, like, we haven't made I'd any like money to apologise. <laughs> I want to apologise. There we go. Apologize. I want to apologise. Would you refund the government that money? Of course you won't. You know, eventually I, I could actually string a whole Alan sentence together through sound bites. You could. You could. I should actually have a whole board like panel just Alan Joyce. Yeah. We'll, we'll, auto-tune, we'll auto-tune and make him sing a song. Oh, we'll get there. Probably could nowadays with AI. We'll get there by the 10th episode, let's say. Yeah. Every 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 week, well, every podcast, I should say, we'll have a different Alan Joyce soundbite. And we can take some requests in the comments. Yes, we can take some requests in <laughs> the comments. See what he starts seeing. Now, Qantas have announced how it will be investing these profits. First off, it is announced they'll be returning up to $500 million to the shareholders in the form of an on-market share buyback. These share buybacks are also part of the group's broader strategy to strengthen its balance sheet and increase the group's long-term capital expenditure. In recognition of the airline's recovery to profits, some of these additional acquired shares will be given to non-executive employees, with some eligible with up to 1,000 company shares. That's worth around 6,500 Australian dollars. So, Really? Each? Like, as in to each employee? Up to. Up to 1,000. Not Each employee won't get 1,000, yeah, but... Right. Up to. Interesting. So, not everyone will get it. So, calm down, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) These employees will also receive a $500 credit voucher for staff travel. So, if you're a Qantas... yes. I I have a friend. I have a friend who works in Qantas Group, right? And I actually went out for beers with him today, right? And he was telling me he was not eligible and half of the people in his team at Qantas Group, were not eligible for the $500 staff travel bonus because because they were given shares in the company. So it's like it's an either-or situation. But I think it's oh. also you're hamstrung into one or the other depending on if you've been given shares in the company or not. A lot Fair of the enough. newer employees at Qantas Group have been given shares, meaning that they don't get the $500 credit. Okay, that's so. pretty fascinating. Yeah. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Like I said, that's, that's, where do that's I sign? A little inside word from my friend at Qantas Group. Thank you, Tom's friend at Qantas Group. Now, moving towards more consumer-based improvements, the airline announced it would be spending $100 million to upgrade its lounges across the network. Finally. 
This includes a brand new first-class lounge at London Heathrow, the reopening of a Qantas lounge in Hong Kong, as well as refurbishments and expansions to the international business class lounges in Melbourne and Sydney. <laughs> yeah, well deserved, well deserved. Melbourne do deserve it. Mate, I just want to say, oh, it's about freaking time, man. Seriously. Have you seen the Melbourne International Business Class Lounge? Yeah, but my eyes it's, wish it's I had It's a dungeon. It's an my eyes wish dungeon. I had yeah. Seriously, it's shocking. So, so they're I've, going I've to ex- been in the Qantas International Business Lounge. Oh, where's that, Ross? Because my peasant who finds economy, all right? Oh. Oh, Nothing that's wrong very with economy. No, hey, hey, economy's good. Don't knock Y class. I like looking out the window. Unless it's on like a budget airline or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Ross, what, what's wrong with the Jetstar A320, Tom? Uh, nothing. In what's fact, I'd actually rate the Jetstar A320 over the corner 737. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, let's save that for the, the next segment. The audacity. Let's save that for the next segment. True. You, you spoilers, spoilers. Sorry. I was going to say that these lounge expansions were, I dare say, to prepare the airline for Project Sunrise flights that oh. are scheduled to commence towards the end of 2025. Now, speaking of Project Sunrise, Qantas also revealed its design for its first and business class suites on board their A350-1000 ULR. That's ultra long range. Main conjunction with Safran Aviation and Kaon Design, the six first class seats will sport a 111 configuration, while the 52 business class seats will sport an industry standard 121 staggered configuration. Now on board, the new first class seats will offer a separate bed and a lounge chair while directly opposite the lounge is an ottoman in which a second passenger can sit down and accompany you during meal <laughs> service. Oh, yeah. The suite also comes with your very own code storage area as well as a 32-inch in-flight entertainment screen. I felt as though I did a good job selling that product, to be can honest. Can I just say, I feel, Nick, I feel <laughs> like you're good. the most excited about it because you're the only one of the four that actually will ever fly in it. Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. We'll all get there one day. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be one honest, day. though. Not so much Christos. He'll be in the jump seat or in the, in the pilot seat. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'll tell it. you where we all will hopefully fly one day is in one of these new 52 business class suites that, if I may say, look dangerously similar to the Qatar Airways Q suites. Big call. Yeah, maybe Qantas can start calling these the QF suites. (laughs) Wow. Anyhow, the new seat itself is 25 inches wide and in bed mode, it can stretch up to two meters in length, which is good for tall people like me, you, Tom, and you, Ross. Yeah, I don't have that problem. Yeah. You're good in economy, aren't you? I love economy. is your business economy class. Economy is it? my business class. Yeah. <laughs> Must be good being four foot five. Uh, Dude, that's four do foot you, three. Do you oh, struggle sorry. in SQ business class where you have to put your feet in a little nook because your feet don't reach the nook? I could probably fit in the luggage compartment easy. The overhead <laughs> baggage, like that's my seat. Do they give you a booster put, seat? Put, and you're put me in the overhead and I'm happy. As long as I can see outside, it's fine. Christos, yeah. when you're flying, do they give you a booster seat or something? I've requested it. They've said no. I don't know. Oh, why. That's, that's yeah. why I take the jump seat. <laughs> you can't reach the rudder pedals. It. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> oh. Last exciting thing. There's free high-speed Wi-Fi that will begin to be rolled out across the Qantas international fleet. So have we all been on Qantas? We've all been on their domestic fleet. We've all felt how good the Wi-Fi is on that. That'll be rolled out onto the international fleet. Fantastic. Can I just say the Qantas Wi-Fi is good enough that I have actually FaceTimed Christos on a Qantas flight? Yes, that was pretty amazing. Like, yeah, he, he was one of the plane. To be honest, oh, I was on Singapore Airlines recently. On airplane and mode? On airplane mode, yes. And Ross, you FaceTimed me as well, didn't you? 
It was more of just a piss take to see which um, in-flight Wi-Fi was better because I'd already FaceTime Christos at that time and, well... Nah, the, Qu- I- the Qantas Wi-Fi is honestly... Top tier. Yeah, so the Qantas one is better, and I couldn't talk to you, Nick, because everyone was asleep, and you said you couldn't talk. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. The, I, the, the person yeah. next to me was asleep. I also love that Qantas have recognised that the seven three seven cabin probably isn't designed to have back of seats IFE in inflight entertainment. So, as a replacement, they allow all of the IFE content onto an app that you can exclusively use while connected to the Wi-Fi on board an aircraft. On the A three thirty, they do. Oh, about that. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I mean, the seven three seven specifically. I love that. Qantas you get all of the same new releases, everything. It's great. Qantas have some 737s with seatback entertainment. They send them to mm. international, so... They're the bizarre. more refurbished ones, I feel, Auckland. but... I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've makes got sense. The, uh, they're the ones that have been refurbished. They've got the new Boeing Sky interior. That's what they call it. Oh. Yeah. Yep. So with all the mood lighting and all that sort of stuff, makes you feel very good. Like home. Yeah. Well, for you, yeah. Definitely for me. <laughs> 737. Yeah, so Qantas will utilize the new Viasat 3 network to offer free Wi-Fi to all passengers on the international flights. It'll be retrofitted onto all of Qantas International Fleet, which includes its A330s, A380s, and 787s. Now, whether the free Wi-Fi is available before the A350 launch in 2025, that's very much dependent on the time frame that the Viasat 3 constellation is complete and able to offer a completely global footprint. Now, that is the end of the news. I will now hand over to Ross, who's doing the black box segment for this week. All right. I think sparks are going to fly in this segment. We may th- uh, throw pu- start throwing punches or something. I don't know. But I let's, promise to behave. All right. Let's see if we can do this. Um, I want black box. <laughs> <laughs> that... Yeah. That actually se- that's actually setting the scene for today's black box because... I wanted to see if we could all have a group discussion or a deep dive or whatever you want to call it of the great debate, Boeing versus Airbus. Oh, we my go. goodness. Oh, this, this is getting it. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. Okay, so I think, I think should we start off by going around the room seeing who likes what and we go from there or how do yeah, you guys want to do, do this? You start off. What team are you on? Well... For me, my verdict on the matter depends on who's asking the question because if you're asking me as an av geek, I'll say Boeing, but if you're asking me as a consumer, Airbus. I'm straight up Boeing. I love Airbus. They have some amazing aircraft, but if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. Damn. Oh, he said it. He Sam said it. from Wendover over here. Damn. Okay. I am similar camp to Ross. The difference being I have multiple perspectives that I look at it from. All of those perspectives veer me in the direction of Airbus. Consumers, aircraft, the way the company is run, everything. Airbus is just a far tighter ship. I appreciate that. I'm Airbus on every single metric possible. So honestly. this is three to one is what you're telling me right oh, now. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I do have a split view on it. Look, we're not going to Boeing bash is what we're saying. Can I, can I just say, Christoph? I'm entirely. Can I just say, yeah. Boeing had an absolutely fantastic year last year. I mean, the 787, it came back. It came it's, back. it's been taken off now. As of literally recording this, like two hours yeah, ago. Yeah, two hours ago. Yeah, Boeing of halted production, production manufacturing. or halted halted deliveries of the 787, sorry, should I say. Um, but in 2022, they brought it back after a year of halting production and deliveries. They had a fantastic Farnborough Air Show where Delta, 
who were looking like they were going full Airbus with their future fleet, ordered 100 737 MAX 10s. And Max obviously... 10s. Yeah, Max 10s, yeah. And yeah, Christos just got up out of his seat there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> not even Max 10s. Max impressive. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive. Max 10s. They're not yet certified, but... They will be. Sorry to change the topic. That reminds you of the Melbourne Airport runway widening project where they had to widen it solely for the purpose of the A380, yeah. only for them to change the regulations at 45 metres is enough. In yeah. uh, it's brilliant. I love it. It's like the, the, the most expensive prank ever played. Psych! You just did that for nothing <laughs> with the runway widening. But no, um, Boeing was having a very good year in 2022. You know, They've even, even right up until the Airbus-Qatar dispute ended right up until then it was looking like yeah Qatar was all like if it ain't Boeing we ain't going you know it was looking fantastic on that front as well the future of their fleet yeah and then I mean suddenly, Qatar was literally like if it ain't Boeing we ain't going yeah because what other, what other option did they have exactly and then suddenly they decided to shake hands on it and make yeah. peace and then suddenly Boeing were like hold up wait a minute Something ain't right. Because <laughs> straight downhill from there, I mean, didn't the share price drop from that news as well? I'm pretty sure. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I mean, Boeing got a 200 aircraft order from United Airlines, so 100 Dreamliners and 100 Max aircraft. Look, so, the only thing I can really admit defeat to, well, I can admit defeat to more, but the A320neos have absolutely dominated the market against the Max 8s, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. It is unfortunate what happened with the Max 8. Boeing does have a dark cloud over their heads now, unfortunately, but they've rectified the issue, and I can confidently say to everyone that you shouldn't feel worried about going on a max. Try it out. Sure do, you think, do you think the sentiment is just too little too late in Boeing's court, or do you think uh, they can rectify it? Look, it, sh- it shouldn't have happened to begin with. You know what I mean? Uh, for those of you that don't know, MCAS was introduced into the MAX 8 aircraft in order to help with the pitch of the aircraft, and unfortunately, as a result of implementing that system, two aircraft had two fatal accidents. So, unfortunately, from there, all the aircraft were grounded until the system was fixed, which it has been now. Can I just say as well that MCAS, it wasn't told to pilots at all. No, it wasn't. It wasn't told to pilots at all because Boeing wanted to get this aircraft out quickly and they didn't want airlines to have to pay extra in training, which they would have had done with the MCAS system in place. So that is Boeing putting profits over safety. That, right that was the huge driver of that was American Airlines though, right? They they were like, front and centre, we will give you so much money if you make the effort that we have to put in as minimal as possible. I didn't know American Airlines were, were yeah, part of Yeah, I mean, that was in the documentary as well about it. That they were... The like, case against Boeing on Netflix, check it out so you guys can all... Downfall. Get an idea, downfall. Get an un- That's right. understanding of what happened. But no, look, I agree. The 320neo... Um, or the 320 family in general is just dominant. The whole even at a micro- yeah, even at a microscopic level, the idea that even the undercarriage, undercarriage, the undercarriage is modular enough that you can have containers to put the bags in and load them with deck loaders, as opposed to manual labour of being on your knees and slowly rolling in bag after bag. I mean, mate, there is huge. There is just huge advantages to having a modular AKH undercarriage system over causing workplace injuries by having blokes with literal knee pads rolling in bags. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. That that even at that level, 
Airbus just superior. So would you agree with me if I say Airbus is built for comfort while Boeing is just capitalising on their brand? Well, I think that's more on airlines, how the airlines configure their cabins. No, well, the A320 is a wider on the inside and it's also taller. You've got to realise as well that the A320 airframe is significantly younger than the Boeing 737 airframe. I mean, the Boeing 737 airframe, that's about, what, 50 years old now? Yeah, it's, it's coming up in about 1960s, so it's yeah. almost 60 years old. Yeah. There's a level of safety everyone has to abide by and get to in order to conduct the flight. That's what a lot of airlines do nowadays. But unfortunately, yes, some manufacturers have taken on more, I guess, stock worries over Yeah, cut corners. I mean, that again, the downfall, the case against Boeing, that covers that sort of cultural shift in some detail. And when you talk about safety standards and safety issues being adhered to, I really highly suggest, as we said earlier, Go check that documentary out on Netflix because they go over how Boeing essentially skirted the rules and and avoided a lot of those safety standards through lackluster production. But there is no doubt safety shouldn't always will be the number one priority with air travel. That's right. And I, look, again, that's something that makes Airbus stand out from Boeing is the fact that, I mean, who knows? We could be talking this and then in two, three years' time, it could come out that Air, Airbus have had similar bureaucratic issues and that half their aircraft of a certain type are considered to be grossly unsafe in some manner. Well, look, the, the 737 has an accident rate, one in, one in 16 million flight hours, whilst the A320 is slightly low at one in 14 million flight hours. So both airlines, or sorry, both manufacturers great, do have great safety standards, but it's where these cutting corners to make a profit what really puts an imprint on them. Mm. Yeah, that's what Boeing's done. I mean, you know, Airbus has not been perfect, obviously. The big one that comes to mind is the A350 paint degradation. We've seen that with Qatar. Obviously, that issue has been resolved. But the difference, I guess, with the paint degradation with the A350 is EASA, which is obviously the European um, regulator, has looked at it and said, you know what, it's only a cosmetic issue. It's not structural. Whereas, you know, different airlines had it. So we had Cathay Pacific having issues with the paint. We had Finnair with the paint. Yes. Yeah, but from Qatar's point of view, because they've got a brand to uphold as well. And if they are saying, like, we're, we're, we're all av geeks. So we know that uh, because the paint um, degradation is only a cosmetic issue, if we're looking at the common person looking at the, at the Qatar brand, they're going to look at, you know, their paint peeling and realize, oh, they don't take care of their planes. Like, Qatar's yeah. more driving on the mindset of what are their consumers going to think of how they represent their airline. So they do have a valid point there. Um, yes, um, they're perfectly safe to fly because it's just labeled as com- cosmetic, but we've got to think of the brand that Qatar is trying to uphold as well, especially in the lead up to, um, to the soccer that was going on there as well. It says a lot good about Qatar, that does. The idea that they're consumer-oriented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the products that they offer to yeah. their passengers. Yep. The Q Suite, best business class in the world, undoubtedly. You know, their economy class product, absolutely fantastic. Some of the newest fleets of aircraft in the world. Mm. Like, and a lot of that is, surprise, surprise, Airbus. Uh, I mean, obviously, they have a split fleet. They have a split fleet. But I, th- I think overall, they take um, good care of their fleet and they're good at, like, I don't know, the way they present the airline. I agree. Like, just their standards are high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
which, funnily enough, in some instances, we can't say the same for Boeing, but what other sort of things split Airbus from Boeing in a positive way? Look, I think Boeing has a massive reputation of, you know, if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. They, they have grown and we have grown to love the Boeing brand because of the, their legacy and their history. They have a big legacy. I think they were the, the main first manufacturer. Like if we, if we look at like some of the major milestones in aviation that they've done over the years, like the 707, they, that began the widespread, the, the widespread jet age, the 737, which was first introduced in the 60s, still being manufactured today. Yep. And we've got the 747, an aircraft which was so popular, it is labelled the queen of the skies. No other aircraft manufacturer has been able to get a reputation along the lines of that. So that's... The 747 revolutionised air travel. It was, the, it was the aircraft that brought air travel... To the people, basically. It made air travel accessible to the people because of how many people it could hold on a single aircraft and it allowed the aircraft to fit a slot. It brought down fares. I think mm. it av- like, when it first started flying, it averaged about 30 orders per year. When it first started flying back in 1968, for, for an aircraft back then, that was really big. That's right. John T. Tripp and his merry men of Pan Am yeah. followers. That man. This isn't going to sound good, but they had to demolish a whole forest just to build the 747 factory. Money well spent, I say. Big back then, (laughs) and ever its own factory, and it's still there. It's still still there. there. They're still making stuff in that factory. Unfortunately, not the 737. Sorry, not the 747. Not the 747. They're not making the 747 now. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it again to highlight the fact that you just said that because that's hilarious. Yeah, that's my bad. It brought a tear to my eye. It did. Uh, I'm to say it. Throwing it back to the 747 for a second. Back in time, a trip down memory lane. I missed that plane. (laughs) Ah, get it? John T. Trip. Exactly. Ah, Thank you. Someone got it. Thank you very much. A John T. Trip down memory lane. The 747, as you said, Ross, revolutionary for its time. Compare that to any Airbus aircraft release. There is only one that I can think of that pe- that transformed people's mindsets of holy moly, this is coming to commercial air travel. Christos, you know exactly what I'm thinking. What air la- aircraft thinking the is A380? that? That is correct. See, now this is the great debate. It, it's always been the A380 versus the 747. Now, yes, the A380 is huge. And me, uh, myself, Ross and Nick had the absolute privilege of getting to go and see two of them at Sydney, King Ford Smith. Uh, they were refurbishing them and we had the opportunity to go inside them and check them out. So, yeah, just to see that aircraft up close, you Next look at it and you think, wow, how does this thing get in the air? And the yeah. fly-by-wire technology is absolutely amazing in the Airbus, but that's the other debate too. Fly-by-wire compared to Boeing's more control over the aircraft. The A380 is a textbook example of an Airbus designing an aircraft that is designed for comfort. Like, yeah. So in 2012, I flew on Qantas on an A380 from Melbourne to LAX and then had a connecting flight straight after that from LAX to New York on a 747-400. So, oh, so you can actually comment so directly com- on Comparing this. firsthand, uh, literally a two-hour difference between going on one aircraft and the other, and I can say hands down, the A380, look, it, from the moment you're taking off down the runway, it's the acceleration is gradual, like you're not... It's such a gradual acceleration. It's overall a much smoother flight, definitely much quieter, and on board you have so much more room in um, around the plane. Like, Of course, I sat in the window seat, but there was such a gap between the edge of my seat and the window that I, 
Legroom galore, man. A380 is designed for comfort. Yeah, man. Having said that, nothing will ever beat being thrown into the back of your seat in a 747 going toga thrust down the runway. Like, nothing will ever beat that. Although, it's amazing to hear that each A380 engine produces 80,000 pounds of thrust each. Stop talking! Oh, oh you didn't so finish. Well, you- I was enjoying. No, that, that's that's the end of it. <laughs> oh, that's a stitch up. Well, I that- have uh, beef cheek. Well, that, oh, yeah. my friends, is a Trent 900, which is one of the engines that you can have fitted onto your Airbus A380 onto one of yours onto an A380. The other onto your being- A380, Christoph. Commercially, the A380 was not a good investment. For the passenger, though, it was a great investment. The passengers absolutely loved it. Airlines absolutely hated it. Unfortunately, it will also be its downfall. That's why we're going to see him be um, retired. In, yeah. Well, not soon, but in the time to come, its own creation will be its retirement. It's just too big. Oh, yeah, it just fell victim to its own, to yeah. its own design. Like the Concorde. A lot it's of people like, think the Concorde yeah. fell victim to yes. that accident. Exactly. No. Concorde was too expensive to run. And exactly. that accident wasn't even the aircraft's fault. It was a completely separate issue. Unfortunately, that happened. Yeah, it's like your favourite curry shop shutting down, but because the curries take so much money to produce. Yeah. And then they sell them at a normal consumer price. And it's just impossible to upkeep. And then, of genuine, course, you're, you're going to be sad if your man, curry shop shuts down. You are the only man that can make an analogy connecting aircraft and curry. Hey, maybe, yeah, maybe we should bring Air India back into the podcast. That's right. <laughs> From here on out, what? who do we think will bring out the next generation? Either the Boeing 797 or do we think the Airbus will bring out completely new aircraft? I reckon Airbus. They've got nothing to lose. Oh, oh my. my. For those of you that don't know, Toulouse is where they manufacture the aircraft. Yeah, main manufacturing plant, yeah. Ma- manufacturing plant, yes. Yeah. I want to apologise. <laughs> I'm just going to not talk for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. That was like a dad joke in aviation terms. Oh, it's great though. It's do, you great. Know, do you know what I think? And I'm very outspoken in this. Or maybe I'm not. I think that not the A380 as such, but something like an A380 will make a comeback. It needs to be more efficient. Yes, it does. A380 Neo? Potentially an A380 Neo. I don't know whether... It's on the cards. A380 900. Really? Is it really on the cards? It's not on the cards. It was once on the cards, but there was only one airline that wanted it. Which, again... Again, sorry to interrupt, Completely, yeah. That, like, speaks to the fact that despite this debate, both companies have brought out incredible innovations in technology and continue to. Which brings me to the point that we still haven't technically, without making a joke out of it, Ross, uh, answer the Sorry. question, who is likely to bring out the next innovation in technology in terms of, you know, an aircraft variant or an aircraft family? I reckon it'll be the Boeing 797. I think it will be too. I reckon it'll be a, a smaller version of the 78, like a 737 or a 767-style 78. I th- yeah, it c- I think it could be very much like a, uh, a longer-range, slightly wider-bodied version of yeah. the 757. Because Airbus have three, brought out three Neos, the A320 Neo, 21 Neo, and 330 Neo. So they've got a lot riding on this aircraft alone, on these series alone, sorry. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, obviously, as we've discussed, like Airbus and Boeing both have negative and positive traits. Obviously, Boeing in the latter years has had a lot more, faced a lot more adversity than Airbus. But if we had to summarize why we would choose Airbus over Boeing or Boeing over Airbus, how would we do that, Nick? I want to summarise it as it 
as it goes. I feel as though through time, Boeing has been revolutionary. Boeing has produced more revolutionary aircraft from the 707, as you were saying, Ross, that brought in the jet age. The 737, the 747, that completely changed the landscape of air travel, whereas Airbus are more evolutionary. You know, the A380 was built from that 747. It was built from the 747, and it was improved from the 747. So the 747, for those who don't know, was actually designed to be a freighter aircraft, which is why you'll probably never see an A380 freighter, because that was never designed to be a yeah, freighter aircraft. Designed for comfort for racehorses. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think that's why I would put Boeing above Airbus, because of, A, the legacy they have built so far, the revolutionary aircraft they have brought out and what they've done so far, breaking records and having very successful aircraft like the 7.3, like the 7.4. Pretty much I feel like Boeing have already established their legacy and Airbus is finding that now with their new revolutionary aircraft. That's actually a very steadfast point. I agree. Boeing has been an aircraft... Boeing has been a, um, a company that we've all grown to love with the aircraft that they've produced. So... As a navigator, yeah, I'm going to say Boeing over Airbus. But if you look at the aircraft for what they are, like compare a 737-800 to an A320 nowadays, take the brands away and look at the aircraft for what they are. What are you left with? You've got one aircraft that is 60-year-old technology, let's face it. And then we're looking at an A320. Um, it's about, it's been around since the 80s. Okay, it's been around since the 80s. It's but two decades less. Yeah, two still, decades two, deca- less. two decades later, but we're looking at fly-by-wire technology, wider cabins, windows that are actually at your face level when you're looking out the An window. An undercarriage you can walk under when it's parked on the tarmac? I think overall, yeah. air, um, the A320 wasn't aircraft designed for comfort. So from a consumer's point of view and from the people flying it, from the pilots flying it, I'd say um, Airbus is the more practical version for their consumers. Yeah, I just want to say as well, obviously, we're quite young, you know, yeah. we're about... Not Tom. We're, yeah, not Tom. Okay, Tom Tom's wow. an old person, but... I just knew that this was coming. I guess the Boeing that we have known for as long as we've been alive, obviously acquired by McDonnell Douglas in 1998 or 997. Um, try figure that one out. I guess we've the Boeing that we've seen is not the Boeing that everyone knew yeah. and loved. And we've definitely seen it in the past couple of years. We've definitely seen Boeing shift its priorities with profits over safety, 737 MAX. A lot of their pro- pretty much every single project they've got going on at the moment has inherent issues. The 777X has been delayed five years. The 737 MAX, only half of that family are actually certified and that aircraft obviously had inherent problems with the Lion Air and the Ethiopian accident with MCAS and them choosing not to tell pilots about MCAS. And we've got the 787 uh, family of aircraft, which have had time after time quality control issues. So I guess that's why I'm Team Airbus at the moment, because you look at the aircraft that are coming out of that factory, yeah. the Airbus Neo XLR that aircraft will revolutionise air travel. Not not to the extent of the Boeing 747, I want to say, but the ability to throw an aircraft, a narrow body, on longer routes, it'll allow airlines to fly what we call long, thin routes. So perhaps yeah, somewhere from Melbourne... Yeah, but Melbourne, at the expense of comfort to the consumers. 
Not necessarily. I think the biggest... You'd want to be stuck in, in economy class in JetBlue Transatlantic in the 329. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's got good reviews. I'll probably sign up on that. That's good. Oh, true, I forget we're all lav geeks. <laughs> oh, anything to go on a plane. Yeah, that's right. Look, I, I think you're right. And I think that kind of fits into my summary. And I'm, I think I can summarize it in two sentences. Yeah. 20 years ago, I would absolutely have said that Boeing is where it's at. Yeah. I am a Boeing stan all the way. Yeah. Current day, as it stands right now, Airbus tick every box far in advance yeah. of what Boeing do. Yeah. And they can learn from the mistakes that Boeing have made in terms of bureaucracy, hierarchy, shortfalls in development. And I doubt that's going to happen to them. We'll see. Like you said, we're young. That's my summary. Boeing, Boeing, gone. <laughs> if you would like to hear the full discussion surrounding Airbus and Boeing, you can listen to our bonus content, which is the full unedited black box segment. And that will be released shortly after episode two onto Spotify. It's a great full discussion. In this episode, you've only heard a 15 to 20 minute cut down version of it. But we, uh, we really did give it the full nine rounds and we could have kept going because it is a contentious topic. So there we have it. And now let's finish off with our good old friend Christos. Yes, I thank you, Tom. Um, you had the honour of hosting Root Roulette on the last episode. I'm going to change it up a bit this time. We'll be playing Rego Roulette. So, <laughs> I'm so the aim of the game, lads. I'll be giving you a Rego of an aircraft, and I want to know the airline and the aircraft type. So, first to three points wins. The aircraft will get progressively harder. And the buzzer is their names. Buzzer is your names, yes. Will it be any of your flight training aircraft? No. Okay, The good. aircraft that I have chosen have all been to Australia and are all commercial airliners. Yeah, we made that very, very clear. clear. <laughs> very clear. I wouldn't... Man, I was going to pick... Like, because if it's one C-17. thing we've learned from Tom last week, don't okay. make it ridiculously hard. No, no, no. Okay. Or otherwise, we're just going to be... Lucky you told me to Australia here. only or else I would have gone... Really I'm getting hard. No, I'm joking. beaten up again. Would you refund the government that money? Of course you won't. Apologise. Would I take back that segment? Of course I wouldn't. Okay, continue. All right. So are we ready to begin, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm yes, ready. We're All ready. Right. <laughs> For the first aircraft. Yes. We'll have an easy one. Yes. VHNXJ. Tom. Tom. Quantum 737. That is incorrect. Ross. Yes, Ross. Quantum 787. That is incorrect. Nick. Qantas 717. Qantas Link 717. That is correct. One point to Nick. So you all Mate, thought I was going to pick 737. You kill these segments every week, no. man. All right. Next one. HSXTH. Nick. Yes, Nick. Ty. 787. That is incorrect. Tom. Yes, Tom. A Ty. A350. Incorrect. Ross. Oh, yes, oh no, I know I've just got wrong. H-S-X-T-H. Oh, it's not Thai, is it? I was going to say Thai, but now I don't think it is Thai. You've got 10 seconds. Nine. Is it a 747? No, it is not a 747. Nick. Yes, Nick. It's an AirAsia A330, isn't it? That is correct, Nick. 
It's a tie air ages. So we were con- right when we said tie because oh, HS is on. the tie. Nick, you realize when you answer, you give us the base information and we try and guess around that. I, know, I, can, I think it's I fair know. to say at this point that Nick knows the most aircraft regos out of all of us. Yeah, you're not. Okay. Hey, mate, uh, what, what does the intro it- say? The only man who talks any hey, sense. <laughs> I'll try and make it interesting hey. here. All right. But I'm going to laugh if Nick gets No, no. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. It? Does it start with Alpha 6? Because, oh. <laughs> Yeah. No, you best believe I'm coming okay. with Tom are we, are we ready for this one? <laughs> yeah. Nick on two. Can Tom and Ross catch up? Yeah. Probably not. Here no. we go. No. Whoa. RP hyphen C3902. Nick. Yes, Nick. Is that a Philippine Airlines A330? That is incorrect. Tom. Yes, Tom. Is that a Philippine Airlines A350? That is incorrect. I don't even know where to begin. If it's bloody Cebu Pacific or can, something like that. Can, can I ask, actually. is it Philippine Airlines? It is not Philippine Airlines. Okay, oh, okay. Cebu Pacific then. Tom? Cebu A330. I'm going to give it to Ross. Even though it's an A330 Neo, I'm happy. Oh, that's oh, fine. No, come that- on. So I'll that's give it fine. That's it is Cebu A330. <laughs> All right. Next one. Ross one. Ross on one. Nick, two. Nick on two. Yep. Okay. He's ready? Yeah. Yeah. Tom and Ross should be quick on this one. I highly recommend it. <laughs> C hyphen FNND. Tom. Yes, Tom. Okay. I know what this one is. I'm going to say Air Canada. Yes. Yes. Listen to the force. A3. Your time ran out like okay. 10 minutes Air, ago. Five, Air Canada A350. That is incorrect. Air Canada don't have A350s first off. <laughs> I don't know. Charlie Foxtrot November November Delta. A firm. Is a... Stop. Air he hasn't buzzed. Ross, say Ross, say Ross. Nick. Oh. Ah. Come on, Ross. I have no idea. What? You would have just... That, that, air, that aircraft is a Boeing 777-233-LR. That is correct. The exact aircraft. Correct. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was just what, trying that to will it. Amazing. I was trying to will it into being cor- incorrect. <sighs> well done to That's Nick. That's a straight trancing, um, man. Wow. We need to have a, a Nick wins counter, I think. I'm on two now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. It has been Ross, Tom, Nick, and Christos here again for episode two. Thank you for engaging in our conversation. We love talking about anything aviation, as you can tell. We're going to be at Avalon Air Show doing yes, some box up. pop. If you guys are there, come see us. We've got some stickers, some cool cards to go around and... Yeah, we'll ask you a few questions and maybe you can pop up on our socials. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank and you we'll very see much. you. Thanks, guys. Next Until time. next time. See you soon.